Welcome to the Beyond Barriers podcast. When women lead, share performance and profits go up 50%. Results are more powerful when everyone is empowered. This is the insight that brought the four founders of Beyond Barriers together. We came from a diverse set of leadership backgrounds with a common goal, to close the gender gap at work and expand economic opportunities for everyone. Tune in each week as one of us interviews inspiring guests who share stories and cutting edge strategies that will help you learn what helped them go further faster. So when you come from a culture that is a culture that taught you that you are safer if you make yourself smaller, that if you speak up, you will be in trouble, that if you go for more, that's greed. You have to be thankful for what you already have, that if you rock the boat, you will essentially finish your career right there. Be silent, be compliant, just work hard, and also serve everybody else, as I said. And that was a big part of why I burnt out. Hi, I'm Monica, your host for today's episode. I can't tell you how genuinely thrilled and inspired I am to have you join me as we delve into the life-changing journey of Valeria Aloe. She is an award-winning author and the inspiring founder of the Rising Together movement. This episode strikes a powerful chord with me, and I'm sure for countless others in the Latino community as we immerse ourselves in Valeria's remarkable tale of personal growth and explore the highs and lows of her experience as a Latina. Valeria opens up to us about her transformative path, shedding her limiting beliefs, overcoming unexpected obstacles, and fearlessly redefining her truth. Her story is a shining example of the liberation that comes from unshackling oneself from societal norms and choosing to embrace a life of empowerment. So tune in and prepare to be moved and inspired. Welcome, Valeria. Thank you so much for joining us on the Beyond Barriers podcast. I am thrilled to have you here. You and I connected a few months ago. I think there was a, a mutual person who connected the two of us, and then we got to meet in person and just really love the work that you're doing. I know you're working on a second book, but I just finished your book, I want to say about a month or so ago, but it was an amazing book. And I know that even listening to your book made me rethink some of the things too, those aha moments of, oh my God, that's why I do what I do. Uh, so I want to, for you to share a little bit about your journey, like what got you to the point that you wanted to write your book? And if you want to, if you can introduce your book, you'll do a better job of, of you know, sharing that with everyone than I would. I don't want to steal your thunder. But if we can just talk a little bit about your journey, how did you gain clarity on what it is that you wanted to do and bring you to the point of your latest book and then the one that you're working on now? Excellent. Thank you so much for having me and for the very impactful and important work that you're doing. So my journey starts a long time ago in Argentina in a small rural town, first one to go to college. First one to go to corporate spaces, came to the U.S. 23 years ago for my MBA. Mm -hmm. So talking about clarity, right, and why I got to where I am, I have to say that the first part of my life was essentially, I would say, accidental in a way, even though later on you understand that everything happens for a reason. <laughs> yes. I spent, yeah, I spent like 20 years in corporate, in corporate, in seven different countries. And came to the U.S. for my MBA, as I said, and then continued my corporate career, first in finance, then in marketing. And in 2016, I burnt out. Mm. So all my life, essentially, being the first one in my family to access some spaces, I had this pressure to do really, really well 
not just to do well, to excel. And I embraced that I had to be perfect, that I had to sacrifice myself to succeed because that's what I grew up with. My parents sacrificing themselves to bring food, right? So sacrifice became a part of my life. And that's exactly what I did. And when I, even when I was doing well in corporate, a voice inside of me was saying, there's something wrong with this. It's meant to be difficult. It's meant to be hard. So I put more hours into it. They overcompensated. Each time I got a new promotion or a project, I put a lot, as many women do, right? Put a lot more than what was required. And in 2016, when my kids were seven and eight years old, I burnt out. Mm. So that was to me a huge moment in my life where I hit a wall. And it was not just the burnout. I had a concussion because I went to the gym. Somebody hit me with 15 pounds. Oh my God. Out of my head. Yes. It only gets more interesting. I broke, broke my foot two weeks later as well. So there was this call from life from God, the universe, to just stop mm -hmm. everything you are doing because it's not going in the right direction. I had arrhythmia, chronic stress, you name it. So 2016 was a time when I stopped my life and it took six months to gain that clarity. So it was a forced situation. It's not that I made the decision. I want to gain clarity in my life. I had to get clarity. Mm -hmm. It was survival. Mm -hmm. It was, let's do this differently because how we're going is going to essentially, I'm, I will get sick eventually. Mm. Yeah. So if you ask me how that clarity and what came out of that clarity that essentially is this sense of purpose and waking up every day to advance women, to create an impact, particularly with Latinas and other women of color, and to mm -hmm. have this sense of passion from being empty and depleted to feeling alive and having this sense of passion, the big thing that happened was that I took the time to be in silence and to connect with myself mm. and to get to know who I am and to get to love who I am. We tell our, our participants, our members, our Beyond Barriers members all the time, gift yourself the time to do the self-reflection because it really does help you gain that clarity sometimes that you don't have or you look up for that moment and you realize, what have I been doing the last 10, 15 years in my career? And it's not where I thought I wanted to go. It's because we weren't being intentional, right? And I think your story talks about how you, you paused for a moment. The universe was sending you all kinds of signs, but you took that and saying, I need to push pause, pivot, and understand you know, who I am, what I want to do, and, and make that pivot, right, intentionally. Can you talk a little bit about, because that's a huge decision, right? And there's a lot of risk in taking that shift. Can you talk a little bit about any fears or limiting beliefs that crept up during that time? And what were some of the techniques that you used to kind of stay the course, right? To help shift and say, no, 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 this is what I'm intending to do. It was definitely a moment of panic because I had never, ever stepped out of my career without another better opportunity in my hands. Mm -hmm. So but I had no choice, you know? So the fears were, I'm not being productive. What am I doing with my life? I'm wasting my time. And I have to tell you, in the beginning, when I became very intentional about, and I had a concussion, so I had to be in the silence and in the darkness for two weeks. Mm. 
And, you know, and in the beginning, the mind is very active, right? When you are trying to find that inner guidance that comes or and the clarity that comes from the silence, in the beginning, the mind will resist because particularly in this country, I find that we are influenced to believe that we need to be productive all the time. And that means doing, 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 and what's next and what's next and what's next. And I sense that when I go back to Argentina, when there is pause, there is family, there is nature, and I come back to the U.S., as soon as I land in JFK, I feel the energy and the pressure to be productive. As soon as I'm landing, it's uh -huh. unbelievable. But that's the energy that we have in this country, right? So what happens is when you go into that space of finding, trying to find silence, it will be louder in the beginning. And that's where all these voices, all these, the, the inner dialogue of self-limitation, judgments, self-judgments particularly will come up. Mm -hmm. But that's the most important moment when we need to continue pushing through to breathe, to calm ourselves down, right? And many people do meditation. I do, you know, I sit in nature. I love to be in contact with nature, but we all need to find our way. Mm -hmm. And to really know that it will be tough in the beginning because the mind will be louder and you will see these images or voices or judgments, but push through until that voice will make itself smaller and smaller. Because I find many of us just give up when it gets louder and we say, you know, what am I doing? I'm wasting my time. This is not working out. I'm going to go do something, be productive again. So. That moment is when we need to find ourselves. It's like going to the gym. You know, if you want to build muscle, there has to be a point that you're uncomfortable and you push through, you know, through being uncomfortable. And that what's, that's what creates the change. With the mindset transformation and with finding clarity and finding, finding the, that connection with your inner guidance, I find it's exactly the same. It's about pushing through a little bit beyond that point that is uncomfortable and when the voice is louder. I love what you just said in terms of pushing through. And, and I love the analogy of, yes, when you're trying to build muscle, there's pain and you, that saying of no pain, no gain, right? So there's a little bit of that of getting, normalizing this idea that it's going to feel difficult. And, but I think there's a line in the sand, right? Where it's productive to, you know, push through the pain, but then it can become unproductive when, like you said, you keep pushing and pushing and kind of giving, overcompensating, right? And I think it's, how did you know, or how did you figure out, like you said, you were always putting in more, putting in more because you learned from your parents that there was sacrifice and it's supposed to be hard. How do you keep yourself in check? And knowing when you're crossing that line where it's just, you know what, and enough is good enough. Like, when do you know, okay, I need to reel it back. I had to really learn to be in connection with my full entire body because I find that I invested so much in my education, all these expectations from the family, all these decades in, in corporate America working, I had turned myself into a walking brain, as I said, and the walking <laughs> Is yeah, you know, a disconnection from my heart, my emotions, mm. the body has a language. And I had to tune in to my entire being, you know, and to understand that I'm not just a brain. There is a physical component, you know, there is an emotional component, there is a spiritual component. So all of this that makes us human. And I had to tune in 
and I and learn to do that in the moment. So particularly when I'm in situations of high demand, as it happens to us women, high demand, stress, or, you know, when you're in a meeting and you feel uncomfortable, I had to learn to tune in with myself because those moments are critical moments in which we may have that tendency to overcompensate and to keep walking again, in my case, to another burnout. Mm-hmm. To learn to be so present in the now, so present in the moment, so tuned in with my body, my feelings, my emotions, everything that is going on with me, that in that moment, I am aware this is happening to me. Mm-hmm. And I question myself, am I making this decision to say yes to this project and this opportunity because this is good for me? Or am I saying yes? Because I'm trained to gain external approval from my worth, for my value, and to go after just another project to show them that I'm a valuable contributor. So, mm. and those decisions, those are the moments of key decisions. And it takes to be in the present. And I do that. A very practical thing that I do is I breathe consciously. Mm. So, to keep myself in the present and to be in a sense of connecting with the people around me and feeling that I'm using my five senses or the six senses, if you want. Mm -hmm. The critical thing that I learned to do is to breathe deeply. Mm -hmm. And that I learned that that calms my nervous system. So I direct the the air to the belly. That's what I do. I deep, you know, I have deep breath. That's what I do even in very stressful situations. And that helps me to stay balanced and connected with myself in a calm way not having the mind going all over the place. That is so insightful and so practical and super important, like you were saying, of why am I saying yes or why am I inclined to say yes? I love what you said because it reinforces what we also talk about in in our Beyond Barriers program is that think about the promotable and non-promotable tasks and do an inventory and find out, are you too heavy or over-indexing on the non-promotable tasks because you're saying yes because you want to be seen as a contributor? Are you doing enough promotable tasks where yes, you're adding value, but it actually is having more impact for your career? And I think that is so valuable because what you brought up about the external validation, it's like getting comfortable with internal validation and understanding that the external validation ca- can cause you to over-index. And I think that was so insightful that you pointed it out because we fall into that trap and we fall into that trap for various reasons. And you even talk about some of them in your book of like, why is it that we co- constantly say yes and how do we learn to say no? And part of it is when you have clarity on you know where you want to go, you can say, if I say yes to this, is it going to help me get to my North Star, to my goal, to where I want to be, right? And I think that's so important that you mentioned of being present at that time and understanding what you're saying yes to. And when you're saying yes to something, it means you're saying no to something else. And is that going to detract you? I think that is so powerful. Can you talk a little bit about some of those insights that you share? Why, like one is getting to know yourself, but why do we tend to say yes before even thinking about, is this going to benefit me in a positive way? Yes. So I will share with you what has been absolutely revealing for me coming out of corporate 
and embarking into leading incubators for small businesses and entrepreneurs, where I met a very diverse group of people, I started to see patterns of thinking and behaviors and how we hold back. And I started at the same time to do my master's in spiritual sciences. I was working on myself because all my life I had been go, 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 achieve, achieve, and suddenly I hit a wall. And I wanted to understand why did this happen? Mm -hmm. So the book Uncolonized Latinas was born out of my own experience and the experiences of so many women, Latinas and other women of color around me. I started to see patterns. Mm -hmm. And essentially what happens is that when we grow up, we are sponges that absorb everything around us, particularly the messages that come from figures of authority. Yes. And if you think about, for instance, the Latina community, we were taught to be good girls, right? Mm -hmm. And what do good girls do? Good girls do their homework. They do not complain. They do not push back against authority. They are compliant. They put their heads down and they work really hard. They put everybody else first. So we serve others, right? So those messages become over time belief systems mm. and they go into the unconscious. And it's fascinating to see how for so many millions of women, women of color, Latinas in this country, we still operate unconsciously carrying those limiting beliefs with us. So when you come from a culture that is a culture that taught, taught you that you are safer if you make yourself smaller, that if you speak up, you will be in trouble, that if you go for more, that's greed. You have to be thankful for what you already have, mm. that if you rock the boat, you will essentially finish your career right there. So be silent, be compliant, just work hard. And also serve everybody else, as I said. And that was a big part of why I burnt out. All of those that I mentioned, particularly because I have built a life that was a life for them and not a life for me. Mm -hmm. You know, so I had to learn to turn that around and to unlearn, essentially, mm -hmm. all of these cultural childhood messages that I had embraced and that we share unconsciously. The more we talk about this, the more we realize I'm not the only one. You know, right. there's nothing wrong with me. So that's where the work starts. You know, that's if we want to create any meaningful change, we need to go back into all the ways that we were influenced and unlearn. Now, what's the challenge? And we mentioned that in the beginning, where you go into the time for reflection, in the time of silence, most probably all these loud voices, these judgments will show up. So, you know, it's super important that you go deep and keep digging and start seeing connections. You know, where is this tendency to say yes to everything and feeling absolutely uncomfortable with setting boundaries? Where is this coming from? And look mm -hmm. back in time. And that's exactly the exercise that I have done. And I continue to do almost every single day through journaling. I look, I observe myself, my behaviors, my decisions, and I make a connection of, where is this noise, this limiting belief, mm -hmm. this interference that is not me? Where mm. is this coming? Where did I learn this? And how can I unlearn this to make myself more effective? Mm. I, I love that. And that's such an amazing insight. And really the question of 
where did I learn this? And doing a little bit of the reflection of how far back, you know, where did I learn this or who am I trying? Sometimes it's who are we trying to emulate? There's so many times when we're like, oh my God, it's, I see my mom. Like I do, I'm, I am my mom right now. And then yes. understanding that she learned it from my abuela and, you know, so forth. And, and how do we unlearn it? I think that's the hardest part is the unlearning. Can you share a little bit about what are some, some of the techniques that you use for yourself when you're saying, I have to unlearn this? What does unlearning really mean? Is it just the awareness, the mindset? Share a little bit. So unlearning means, like, imagine that your unconscious is, I'm going to use a cassette or maybe a CD player. Maybe I should have yeah. a CD player with many tracks. The unconscious uh -huh. has tracks. So unlearning means going back into track one and replacing that song for a new song that you're intentional about creating. Mm. So when I do my work, you know, with talent development work and working with so many women, I usually launch surveys during my work and I open the room for them to express what they feel and where they are. And it's been very consistent that we all carry at least one very, very loud voice of self-limitation. Mm. And usually what I hear from these women is, I am not good enough. I don't have what it takes to succeed. Others can do it better than me. I need more time. I need another degree. Women of color don't do that. Latinas do not achieve that. Mm. So we have these songs that we play inside of us that can become very loud and can self-limit definitely our potential, right? So the first step in any, any process of self-transformation and mindset change is to be aware of which is that loudest voice. Let's go for the biggest rocks here. What is the loudest voice of self-limitation and to be aware of that? And I will tell you about my own process. So the big one that I had was I am not deserving. I don't deserve to be successful. I don't deserve to be in this mm. country, you know, feeling like a second-class citizen. I do not deserve. And I had to work on that. So what I did is once I identified that voice, I made it very, very intentional to turn that around. And to me, it was I deserve to be successful. I deserve to be here. I deserve to enjoy my life. I deserve to make money, right? And I wrote these phrases. I chose three or four. And I wrote them down and I created sticky notes. I also have them on pillows and I put them all over my house. Mm. So earlier in the morning and later in the night are two key moments to reprogram the unconscious. Why? Because the conscious mind is not so alert. Earlier in the morning when you wake up, then you are still like in these foggy moments or when you're about to fall asleep, that's the best time to repeat inside yourself the new inner dialogue you want to create. And then during the day, I have these sticky notes all over my house that remind me of the way I want to talk to myself. And that's the first step in a process of transformation for me, particularly from feeling I need to be quiet, I need to be silent, I need to make my, myself smaller, to embracing I am an agent of change who has something very important to offer and to say. Oh my goodness, Valeria, I love that. You're bringing the science into it, right? Like the mornings and the evenings and understanding when you can tap into the subconscious or retrain the subconscious. And I think that 
extremely powerful because it's not just telling people this is what you need to do, but you know, almost to being a little bit more prescriptive of this is this is when exactly that you should be reprogramming yourself. And unlearning is hard, right? Because we will default. And like you said, that loud voice will pop up again. But the awareness of being able to tell it, take a back seat because I'm in charge or I'm gonna I'm gonna change the song is is really important. Thank you for sharing that. What if you knew exactly where to focus to go further, faster? Imagine having clarity on your strengths and barriers and the ability to take action and gain unstoppable momentum to deliver results and advance. Take the Beyond Barriers Momentum Metric Quiz to get a personalized report on the five C's, core categories used to measure and accelerate success. Visit gobeyondbarriers.com quiz to get your report today. And one more thing that I wanted to add that I wrote in my book on Colonized Latinas that, you know, the loud voice of self-limitation, mm-hmm. you resist, persist. So if you try to silence it, if you try to push it aside, no, I don't listen to you. You know, if you resist it, it will persist. So I found that a way to embrace, you know, and to just allow that voice of self-empowerment to be louder is to love all my voices. And when I started to love the part of me that felt not deserving and to love that voice that said, you don't deserve to be here. And I, instead of resisting, I love that voice. I started to love all my parts, mm. you know, and that voice became softer over time. How can you love your voices of self-limitation? How can you embrace that's part of being human? That's part of this journey. They will continue to be there. Yeah, But the more you apply love to the full experience, the more you allow yourself to be more in tune with those voices that really serve your purpose and that are here to support your journey. Now, I love that. And it's, you know, I always tell myself uh, the, a similar thing of like, you know, we all have the inner critic in our head, right? That, that little voice that can get very loud. But how do we shift or turn that inner critic into an inner coach, right? It's just like that shift of critic to coach. Yes, they're telling me negative things, but it's only so that I can get better. And how do I reframe it in that way so that I can embrace it? This isn't a critic, it's a coach. And, and I love that. So it, it, that connected the dots for me of I am loving my inner critic because I'm turning the inner critic into an inner coach. And, and I love that. Really quickly, before we go into the lightning round questions for the podcast, I wanted to shift gears because... You made a huge transition in your career, right? You left corporate and you decided to write a book. Had you ever written a book before? How did you just be able to say, I'm going to do that and I'm going to learn very quickly how to write a successful book like Uncolonized Latinas? Tell me a little bit about that because shifting years and just kind of transitioning and, and, and shifting career a little bit is really hard and scary. And so how did you do it? That's a great question and very deep. So I could say I found my purpose in this silence and I started to see these patterns and I became passionate about understanding human behavior and mindset transformation. And I'm now doing my doctorate in spiritual sciences. So there is a lot of that work that I do. And I started to think about how can I bring this message to a broader audience? Because I could do speaking. I do a lot of speaking and master classes and so on. But I said, to write a book, but there was a second component that is some part of the work that you also do mm-hmm. in Beyond Barriers, which is community. 
Mm. I found a community that of writers and authors, and we went through the experience of creating our first book together. Mm. That kept me accountable. That kept me on track. Uh, I found people who are going through the same, the same like voices of, can I do this? Do I have what it takes? And this book was written in my second language, in English. Mm. And I put so much love, you know, into it. And the community around me moved me forward. We moved together. And that's so important mm -hmm. that it gave me a sense of, I can do this. And when I change my mind, I'm like, I know a part of me knows how to write with excellence and connecting with the audience and showing this passion and bringing the research and the voices of different women. So I really trusted that I had it and it really flourished from within mm -hmm. to the point that within a year, I had a second, I had a contract for a second book, mm. you know, so things line up when you have this sense of purpose and passion and they have something very important to say. And I want this to be reaching as many people as possible because impact is important. And then that you surround yourself with the community that mm -hmm. will work with, with you through the process to the point that ignites, as I said, that inner voice of, I got this, you know, mm -hmm. and then you become resourceful and you figure things out. Of course, I was not born knowing how to write a book in my second language, but mm -hmm. that, that has been my process. And it's definitely the discipline of putting at least one to two hours a day consistently. That has been my, you know, my, my roadmap to, to make it happen. I love that. And thank you for sharing that. It's, it's definitely sparked some inspiration in me of, okay, I'm, I've got to take some of, some of your points here, your key points here and lessons uh, for myself. So I'm going to shift back to our lightning round of questions, which are some of my favorite questions because we get to know more a little bit about you. So I'm going to kick off with the first one. What book has greatly influenced you? Mine. <laughs> Okay, so it really, yeah, it, it, your book has truly, it's one of the, my latest reads, but it's something that I keep going back to. I think it's a phenomenal book. So talk a little bit about it. But let me tell you what, I, I have another book. Uh -huh. Let me tell you why my book has been transformational for me. And I, I hope this also inspires other women to try something that will transform their lives. For me, it was writing. But why? Because it allowed me to connect with so many other women within the Latino community. Mm -hmm. If you look at me, I look white. I do not fit the stereotypical Latina. So I had a, a different experience as an immigrant, as a white Latina, I had a very different experience. For me to learn about the experiences of Afro-Latinas and of Latinas born in the U.S. who were translators for their parents was transformational. So that book transformed my life entirely, gave me a new way to see the world, how I fit in here and what the community and other women go through and my responsibility also based on my privilege. Mm -hmm. But the book that also changed my life is Spiritual Warrior by John Roger. I love that book. Oh my goodness. You and I are kind of like <laughs> parallel lives here. Yeah, I loved it. I definitely love those two books. Second question. What is your favorite inspiring quote or saying? The best is yet to come, which I learned in my master's of spiritual sciences. And I tell myself that phrase every day, the best is yet to come. What is one word or moniker that you would use to describe yourself? I had to think about that quite a bit. And the word that came to mind is bridge. I see myself as a bridge. I, I bring people together. Uh, there is this thing about being united in our diversity that I'm mm -hmm. very strong about. 
And even by the way I look physically and how my heart is so Latina, right? Mm-hmm. I really bridge, I find myself in spaces where I end up being a great bridge for Latinas who are, let's say, in corporate spaces with their leaders who are non-Latino white people. And I mm-hmm. can relate in, a part of me relates with a part of them. Mm-hmm. So I find that that's part of my journey. You know, being a bridge, bringing people together, uniting others in our diversity. I love that. And for me, when you said bridge, for me, you were the bridge of past to future. What were the things in the past that had influenced me or impacted me? And how can I reframe or shift for the future? And so absolutely, bridge is spot on for you. But I think another important thing is when people read your book and you all of the the science and some of the behavioral kind of the those childhood like things that we learned in our childhood i think really kind of made me like dig up in the past and say this is what's playing this is how it's playing out in my future and how do i reframe that so i love that you certainly are a bridge in many capacities so thank you for that what is one change a habit a behavior or an action that you implemented in your life, and it made it better. Okay, this is going to get very intimate, but it's something that we don't talk about too much, and it's a word that is not used so much in corporate spaces, if you mm-hmm. think about it. Self-love. That was mm-hmm. a habit that I had to incorporate. How do I ignite self-love in myself? Every day, I put my hand on my heart, mm-hmm. and I take a deep breath, breath, and I open my heart, and I allow myself, it's a decision. Loving yourself is a decision. I learned that. Mm-hmm. Love myself is a decision. So I put my hand on my heart. I breathe and I open my heart to feeling love. I allow myself mm-hmm. to feel love towards myself and appreciation. And that has been a habit that I do every single day. And that has changed my life entirely. And that, like you said, that is a very vulnerable thing to share. But I, I can see how it's powerful. Yeah. And, and everybody says, you know, you can't, you can't love others. You can't love what you do or whatever, unless you start with you. And that's an easy way. And I think, like you said, the physiology of touching your heart and yes. causing yourself to be present in that moment and open up is powerful. Thank you for sharing that. I'm going to adopt that. <laughs> Even just doing this kind of, okay, this is, this is real. I love it. What this is my favorite one, and I and and I love it because you do a lot of speaking. You go out onto a lot of stages. What is the power song that you want playing as you walk out onto stage? White song by Rachel Platten. So why it's not about a fight. First part of that song talks about how this a word can make a huge impact. How like a droplet in the ocean can create this massive movement. So to me is. When I embraced and made the decision that I have something important to share that moves humanity forward, that I am an agent of change, this voice came up that said, you're too small to do that, or not enough to do that. And I embraced to think differently. And I said, each one of us, starting with me, believe that every word matters. Every day, every action has an impact and that can create a collective massive transformation on this planet. That is really what moves me. So that song has a special meaning for for me in that sense that even if we feel that our individual contribution may not make a difference, it does, it does. And we need to believe more of that. 
you know, and to, to start putting ourselves out there, to be more mindful and intentional about words and actions and gestures and because they matter and they create this ripple effect and it's time for this planet to go through as we know a massive transformation and a new era mm-hmm. because we had enough of the old already. You could take a moment to share a little bit about how do people get more of Valeria? How do they follow you? And I know um, that you're also working on that second book. So can you talk a little bit about what's to come? So share a little bit of how do we find uncolonized Latinas? How do we stay in contact with you? And then what's coming up? So to find uncolonized Latinas, the book is on Amazon, but you can download the first chapter from my website, uncolonizedlatinas.com. And to stay in touch with me, social media, my handle is Valeria Aloe. It's my handle. And also my website is valerialoe.com. And what's to come, the second book, I will be sharing more in social media as we go, is about the roadmap for professional success. Mm. But how we will face these moments of we have these voices, these mindsets, and this is what we need to unlearn first before we are successful in those. I can tell you all day, you know, build your brand and here's how. One, two, three, four, five. But unless we take that step back of unlearning, we are not going to be effective or we will burn out. Right. And then the last part of the book, which is my favorite, explores how the Latino community that will be 30% of the U.S. in 2060, we create a transformation in the way we operate as a society, in our economy, in our culture. And it takes to get there that each of those Latinos who are here on this country today believe in themselves and see themselves as valuable agents of change. I love it. I can't wait. Hopefully we'll get some sneak peeks. And like you said, follow you on social media so we get a little bit of the, the taste of those, the nuggets that you're dropping. Valeria, thank you so much for giving us this time on the podcast. And I welcome future conversations. I'm sure we'll be following you. And when the next book comes out, we'd love to have you on so that you can share more about it as well. Again, thank you. And it was a pleasure having you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Beyond Barriers podcast. There are thousands of podcasts out there, and we are so grateful that you've chosen to listen to ours. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating and tell a friend or share what you've learned on LinkedIn and tag us. We love hearing from our audience. Visit us at GoBeyondBarriers.com, where you can subscribe and find show notes, links, and the best way to connect with our guests.